Hi friends, you're back. Welcome back to the Bible Project Daily Podcast. And the project is, of course, to work through the entire Bible, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. You are most very welcome as we join together, well into season three now, working through the Gospel of Matthew. And if you're here for the first time, why not consider clicking that subscribe button and make the study of the Bible part of the rhythm of your daily life. These podcasts appear every Monday to Friday, and then there's a compilation episode posted a couple of times a month on the Sister Podcast, the Living in Faith Everyday podcast, which there's a link to, which I'll tell you about when we get back at the end. But for now, we're going to dive straight into the text and pick up in Matthew chapter 6 at one of the most famous passages in all of the Bible. I'll see you at the end. Bye for now. Okay, folks. Here we are. Today we've reached the point and we've arrived at what is popularly known as the Lord's Prayer. Although some might say it could be more accurately described as the Disciples' Prayer. In the King James Version of this text, the prayer is introduced with Jesus saying, Your Heavenly Father knows what you need of before you even ask, and in this manner pray. Did you notice he didn't say, in these words pray? He said, in this manner pray. So this is a template for how we should approach the Lord in prayer. So with that in mind, let's see what Jesus said about how we should pray. So picking up the text at the second half of verse 9 through to 13, it says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Okay, we'll just pause right there, because we will notice that this prayer is falling into two parts. The first part of the prayer has all to do with God's name being hallowed, and his kingdom coming, and his will being done. Three petitions, and they all have to do with who God is. But then at verse 11, it picks up with this phrase, give us. So the second part of the prayer has to do with him giving us this day our daily bread, forgiving us today our debts, and helping us today on a daily basis not to be led into temptation. So as I'd say, This main part of the prayer is in fact divided into two parts and there are three petitions, three pairs under each of those parts. And the first half deals with God and the second half deals with us and how we live our lives. So just like the Ten Commandments in the Old Testament under the Old Covenant Law, they are divided into two parts and just like those commandments too, the first half deals with God himself and our relationship with him and the second part has to do with us as human beings and how we live our lives and how we relate to other people. So the Lord's Prayer, as it is commonly called, 
is divided in the same way into two parts. The first part deals with God, the second part deals with us. Now I'm going to give you and use this as a pattern for prayer. That's what it's meant to be, a model, an example that divides into two parts and we're going to look at the three things that we are directed to pray for in each half. Before I do that, let me just start out by saying, notice how he begins this whole prayer with the opening phrase, Our Father. This is really important. You need to not pass this by and not take on board what it's telling us because nobody had ever prayed like this before in world history until Jesus comes along here and introduces the idea of God as Father. Yes, he's the creator of the whole universe, but he is also our father. That's the teaching that Jesus is revealing here today. And that means that this prayer, in a sense, is not for everybody. Not yet anyway, meaning that only if you are someone who does call God Father, clearly meaning that it is only if you are someone who does call and believe that God is their father, can then you pray in this way. And if God is your father, and that means on the other side of that coin, that you must indeed be God's child. So how do you become a child of God? Well, the New Testament tells us all over the place how we do that. One example, I've given others, I'll give a new one today. 1 John chapter 1 verse 12 says, But as many as received him, To them he gave the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believed on his name. So you become a child of God by receiving God in Christ. You become a child of God by faith in Jesus Christ. Then you are able to call God your Father. But look again at the phrase, it says, Our Father. Someone has suggested by adding this little title, Our into the prayer it prevents us from initiating by praying a selfish prayer we are praying as one as an individual yes but as one of a community of believers so before i get into the specific petitions the specific prayers that we are being recommended here by jesus to offer let me just point out that who we are talking to is yes he is our heavenly father on one hand yet also Across the whole Bible, this heavenly Father of ours is declared to be the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the creator and sovereign of the whole universe. And yet, on this other hand, Jesus introduces him as our Father. By way of illustration, in the ancient times, around the time this was written, when the Romans conquered a country or had a great victory in battle, they would come back and have a victory parade. Now it was written of one occasion when a Roman emperor had returned from a great victory and as usual the streets were lined with people and the Roman legions were marching and the chariots were passed by in all their pomp and their special decoration and masses of ranks of horses were also coming by and that was leading through the city of Rome and it came to the place where it passed the family home the family palace of the emperor and waiting there was the emperor's family and the emperor's little son his youngest child he was so excited it was said that he jumped out of the stands and started running up running up the street 
in and out of the soldiers, in and out of the horses, trying to make it to the main chariot where the emperor was. Fearing the child might get hurt, one of the soldiers picked him up and said, you can't do this. Do you know who's in that chariot? That's the emperor. The little boy said, he may be your emperor, but he's my father. So the soldier took the boy and handed him over to the emperor. Now, God is God, and that's not to be discounted or discredited in any way, but he is also, we are told here, that we are able to decide that he is also our father. So that means our prayers can be like the prayers of a child turning to his father. Can I just back this up by saying that also in the book of Galatians, Paul says the Holy Spirit gives us the ability to cry, Abba, Father. And that term, Abba, is the Aramaic term for affectionate view of Father. It's actually our equivalent of Daddy. So we can address God as Father, but better than that, we can actually call him Daddy. So, okay, that's how we can approach him, but what should we do and what should we ask for? Well, normally, when you think of someone going to their father, to their daddy, you're going to ask for things that you want and need. But notice, we are first here concerned, not about us, but about him, about God and who he is. And there are three petitions, prayers, that we can offer to God before we bring our own needs and wants of the world. And the first prayer is, we are told, hallowed be your name. So the first thing we're guided in how to pray is to pray that his name is hallowed. Now the word hallowed, it means to make holy, to consecrate, to sanctify, to set apart and hold in reverence. So we need at all times to have reverence for God's name. And Martin Luther writing about this said, God's name is ultimately hallowed amongst us when, and I quote, when our lives and our doctrines are truly Christian. Someone else said that God's name is hallowed when our intellectual convictions and our practical actions are both together all in full submission to the will of God. So on the one hand we can come to him as father and the other hand we can come with reverence and fear and venerate him. The next prayer we can offer he says in the next verse. Thy kingdom come. The first position has to do with God's person the second petition has to do with his program. This is very important, and if you've listened to me teach through the book of Matthew, you will know that there are in fact two views of the kingdom of God. I wonder if you remember what they are. Well, one view was that the kingdom is now, and it's spiritual, and it's in our hearts, and some still hold that view to that day. And that, of course, is an aspect of the kingdom of God. God does come and reign in the heart of the believer. But I don't believe that's quite what is being taught here. The second view is that there is a kingdom which is coming, that is taught about, particularly in the New Testament, but prophesied in the Old as well, that Jesus, the Messiah, is going to come and set up a kingdom when he gets here on earth. And for us as Christians, we believe is that when he comes and returns, that he will ultimately do that. So the Gospel of Matthew begins, you remember, with John the Baptist and Jesus and he's preaching and he's preaching that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. 
And that's what Jesus himself said. So Jesus didn't say the kingdom is here now, it's right here. He himself said it's at hand. So it's my contention that both in the Gospel of Matthew as well as other places in the Bible that they teach the kingdom is something that is only fully realized in the future when Jesus comes back. I believe the New Testament teaches that when Christ returns, he's going to set up his kingdom. And this is another one of those texts that suggests that that's something that's going to be in the future. You see, if the kingdom had already come, then he wouldn't have said, pray, thy kingdom come. So note this and note this well. This is one of the proofs of the New Testament that the kingdom will be fully realized in the future. Which is why he tells us to pray, thy kingdom come. In other words, we should be concerned about God's future program and his future program and plan for earth is to eventually set up his kingdom. But the New Testament and the prayer of Jesus here tells us that this is something we should be concerned about and that we should be praying about that his kingdom should come and should be coming every day as we live out our Christian lives. There's then a third prayer, a third petition. So not only are we to pray about his person and about his program, but we are to pray about his purpose. Which is why he says, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's the purpose of God. As far as I'm concerned, there's no more important statement in all of the Bible pertaining to prayer than this. Most people have the idea that the purpose of prayer is to go before God and to ask for other stuff. Most people think it's about getting our will done. But Jesus is saying here it's the exact opposite of that. The purpose of prayer is not to get my will done on earth up in heaven, but it is to get God's will done on earth as it is in heaven. And that's the purpose of prayer. That's why I will be consistent in approaching all the prayers that we're going to see in the New Testament and in the other books of the Bible. Try and hold them all within the context of the audience that we're supposed to be receiving them and the fact that the kingdom is coming but it hasn't fully been realized yet and it won't be until the return of Christ in the second coming. There will be other contexts in which we will see and be taught about praying in the future series of this podcast as we look through other prayers in other books of the Bible, especially the epistles. And we will see what Paul, for example, what he did. And we will notice that he prayed for other people. And of course, in doing that, he was often, that by nature meant that that was a prayer that was in the will of God for those other people. Eventually, We'll get to look at all sorts of other prayers found in books like Colossians in chapter 1. There's prayers in Ephesians chapter 1 and 3. And we'll even look at the opening prayer of Philippians chapter 1. And on many occasions we will see that the main burden of the prayer is, Lord, I pray for this church in this situation, or I pray for this church in this other town or this other situation. And that's what's been talked about in those prayers. But praying there is, of course, still an insight into God's will for those people and to know God's will in those situations. Sometimes just praying that they would be strengthened in their inner being that the particular church he is writing to and praying for is being enlightened by the Spirit of God. And in fact, Philippians chapter 1, that's just a simple prayer that a community, a church community, would increase in love 
for one another. By nature, of course, these are all still prayers that are in the Lord's will, that his will might be done on earth as in heaven in those situations. And that's always what he wants us to pray, to pray for his purpose, his program and his person. Pray that God's name might be hallowed and revered in our lives and in the lives of other people around us. And that's why we pray and we always start with the Lord himself, with God himself. Start your prayer by praying that God's name, his purpose and his program be raised up and be accomplished. Now let me just pause here for a moment because over the years I've heard many times people tell me how they find it really difficult to pray out loud. They don't have the confidence to pray out loud. I just try and tell them and encourage them and say you just need to talk to God like you would talk to your father. In fact, some of the sweetest prayers I've ever heard came from brand new Christians who just sounded like they were talking to their father. They hadn't really developed any real theology yet, yet that didn't matter. They were so obviously just trying from their heart to speak to their father God. And you know what? That's really the best type of prayer. So the introduction to the Lord's Prayer is trying to help us. It's trying to help us get started. And by doing so, it says just speak to your father and by following this as a guideline once you start to speaking to God in that way it is from there that I believe you can really take off and soar so get started if by nothing else just going before God and calling him your father and speaking to him in that way giving him the desires and the troubles of your heart so what about the second half of this prayer? The next thing that comes out of our mouth should be praise and thanksgiving. As a matter of fact, by reading Paul's epistles, that's where I learned to begin my prayers with thanksgiving. Before Paul asked for anything, the pattern of his prayers was always to praise God as God first. If you want to learn how to pray, here's where, where you go. The first words out of your mouth should be Father, and then the second words out of your mouth should be well, thank you. Thank you for. That's a really good way to start. And that's what Jesus is teaching us here. And that's what Paul will also teach us by example also later on. So if you want to learn how to pray, just say, Father, thank you. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your holiness. Thank you for your blessings. And then you can thank him for all those specific situations of meeting your day-to-day -day temporal needs. And by doing that, it takes us right into the second part of the prayer. So first, come before him as your father. Secondly, say thank you. And the third part, well, is to ask him for forgiveness. Give us this day our daily bread. It's taking care of our everyday needs. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Some translations say forgive us our transgressions as we forgive those who transgress against us. And do not lead us into temptation and deliver us from evil. All right, the first half of this prayer was about praying to God. And the second half of this prayer is about praying for us, for ourselves. So what do we pray for? Well, again, we are told there's three things we can pray for. We pray for his person and his program and his purpose in the first half. And now there are three things we can pray for when we come before him about ourselves 
So the first of the things that we can pray about is for our provision. That's what's called here our daily bread. So let's just talk about that for a second. Our provision being give us this day our daily bread. So an authentic prayer should always include a prayer that we are blessed with all our necessary temporal day-to-day needs. We don't just pray for our physical needs. That's a legitimate prayer. It is completely legitimate to ask our Father in Heaven to give us this day and every day our daily bread to meet our needs. But do you notice again, it doesn't say give me our daily bread. It says give us our daily bread. So again, this is taking this petition out of the realm of personal selfishness because we're praying for other people as well. So give us this day our daily bread. A few years ago, I heard a Christian speaking on tape and he testified that he'd prayed this way all his life. Now, at the time the message was recorded, he was over 90 years old and he said this, I've never lacked for anything that I needed because every day I just said to the Lord, Lord, please provide for my physical needs. And then he said, I wouldn't have to worry about anything apart from doing his work. I wouldn't have to worry about my needs because he did and has always managed to supply and meet his part of that agreement. So it's a perfectly legitimate biblical prayer to pray to have your needs met. But then, secondly, it says that we should pray for forgiveness, that he forgives us our debts as we forgive our debtors. So we can legitimately come before our Father God and ask him for forgiveness. But we should look at that in more detail and pick it up in the next episode. Okay, friends, that's it for today. We'll close off this looking at at righteousness and praying and how we should pray and the Lord's Prayer when we come together tomorrow. I do hope you're finding it helpful. And a quick reminder, if you're new to this, there's always a transcript, a written text of approximately what I've said contained within the episode notes of this podcast. Now, the podcast is hosted on the bibleproject.buzzsprout.com they're the podcast hopes so you'll find not only a link there to the transcript but lots of links to all different ways you can connect to my ministry things like the youtube channel which is where the long-term archive of the podcast in audio form is going to be kept because we're going to be able to put it in playlists there according to book and themes which will be a lot easier if you're trying to find specific work than scrolling through hundreds and hundreds of individual episodes to find what you're looking for But there's also places there like links to the Facebook page and also things like my LinkedIn page and my Patreon page. Places where I tend to put more formal, structured Bible teaching, discipleship-like courses. There's currently one going on which is meant to be a guide to helping people prepare sermon and Bible study messages for people all around the world who believe they're being called by God to preach or to teach and would like to get some of the basic ideas and how to approach that so everything i do it's there for you free at point of contact always in the public domain without copyright free for you to use in whatever way you feel 
and I trust it blesses you and it has the blessings of God. But having said all that, the main thing is just, wow, thank you for joining with me. So many thousands of us together made the decision to make the study of the Bible part of the rhythm of their daily lives. And what an amazing blessing it is and what amazing revelation we are receiving, I'm sure. I know I am in the preparation of it day by day. So I do hope with that in mind you will be back again tomorrow and join me as we work through the Bible chapter by chapter, verse by verse in the Bible Project daily podcast. Bye-bye for now.